Hey guys, welcome back to Mickey Mike's Up. I'm so sorry that it's been a minute since um, I've put out an episode. Um, I have a concussion and that has not been fun. And so I've been taking a bit of a break from, you know, being online and stuff, which is why there was no episode um, the last week or so. Um, but with that in mind, this episode today is really, really awesome. I'm super proud of it and really excited for you guys to all listen to it. Um, I have a really amazing guest and I... I'm just so excited that she was on here. Um, You will have to keep listening to find out who it was. Um, I'm going to briefly recap what has happened in the WSL the last month because it's been a lot and I don't want to go super into detail because I know that some things can be triggering and I honestly just don't feel comfortable talking about everything, but um, I do think that it's important to talk about. I'm going to mention a little bit about the WNBA and we're just going to get right into things. Okay, so I wanted to quickly just talk about what's been going on in the NWSL the last few weeks because it's been a lot and I feel like I wouldn't be doing my job on here if I didn't mention it. I am not going to get into a lot of detail about it just because as I mentioned in the little intro part, I don't really feel super comfortable doing that and um, I would just rather give you the overview of it and if you want more information go read the article and figure out what's details of it all um but basically on september 30th the athletic published an article um meg linehan wrote it and it was essentially a tell-all uh from shanae farelli and Manashim about the abuse that they received from Paul Riley in the NWSL. So for those of you who don't know who Paul Riley is, he was the coach of the North Carolina Courage. Um, As soon as the article came out, he was fired and his license was suspended from U.S. soccer coaching. However, the problem is before all of this because this stuff happened a few years ago um, I think it was six years ago, because the NWSL players have been circling up together, like, locking arms in the sixth minute for the six years that they were silenced. Um, and basically, Paul Riley used to coach, you know, Western New York Flash, coached, um, Portland Thorns for a while, Everywhere he went, like, Shanae knew that she was going to go there, and he emotionally um, manipulated them, coerced them into things. Um, One of the things that stood out to me the most was he kind of used their sexuality against them, and the worst part is that the Thorns organization knew about things. Like, they were told about these issues, and it was just kind of like, oh, we'll deal with it. We'll sweep it under the rug. When Paul Riley was hired by North Carolina, they knew that he had these things against him, and they still hired him. Um, not a lot of players from North Carolina have said much, and I can understand that they're probably all processing, but I do like hope that everything was okay there because when you have a man who's literally followed like these two players around, um, more he more so follows Shanae from what I've read, but at Portland, um, there was a lot of things that he did to Mana, and so 
I just hope that the other players are all okay. I hate that this happened to anyone, but I hope that the NWSL will become a much safer place. Um, since then, people called for Lisa Byard, the commissioner, to resign because she knew about these things and, again, swept them under the rug. She was emailed back in April and was like, oh yeah, we did an investigation, I can't tell you anything about it. Um, and so, since then, Lisa has, um, been terminated from the position of the NWSL commissioner, along with, um, one other person. The NWSL players have also been taking a stand, so they didn't play in the weekend of games following the article being released, and then since then, they have made a series of demands, calling for transparency, calling for, you know, investigations to be looked into, more fair agreements, and just so that they can be in the loop about things. Um, they've also been calling for Steve Baldwin, who owns the Washington Spirit, to be fired, because that is a whole other mess. He refuses to sell the team, specifically to... Michelle Kong, which is who the players have openly spoken about trusting. Um, he was given a deadline by the NWSL to sell the team, and he did not meet that deadline, but they were like, oh, it's okay. We'll give him a little bit more time. And so that's another thing I think needs to happen. You need to... And so, obviously, I hope that things get better with the spirit, but that there's so much more to unpack there. So that's going to be another talk for another day but back to everything with um man and Shanae they were on the today show they were on probably a bunch of different other news outlets and basically just talking about all of this stuff and Alex Morgan was with them because Alex Morgan like supported them both through all this time and I think it's really been obviously you don't want to see like, players having to come together for something like this, but it has been really great to see all the players coming together and supporting one another um, for this. I think that there's still a lot of work to do in the league because they don't support each other on every issue. Um, thinking back to last year when, you know, players were kneeling and some were standing, and even now, um, players still do that, and I think that you can't support something when it just directly affects you and that's something that I hope a lot of NWSL players will kind of start to reflect on and think about more and sometimes you have to be uncomfortable for things to happen but um overall it has been really incredible to see these players coming together and supporting Mana and Shanae and also Kaya um Kaya McCullough is an incredible human being and she came out with her story about what happened during her time at the Spirit a few months ago. And obviously a bunch of people saw it, people were mad, but then it kind of disappeared. And I was worried, along with so many other people, that when these stories of Man and Shanae, which are equally as important, started to blow up, Kaya would be forgotten on all of that. But uh, fans have been making signs and protesting and just making sure that their voices are heard about their support for the players. Um, and in every single one of them, there have been, uh, we support Kaya or we believe Kaya. Um, we believe Mana, we believe Shanae. And I think that it's just so powerful, um, 
players have been wearing no more silent shirts. Um, the rain wore shirts on the back, and on the back, the names said, we believe Kaya, we believe Mano, we believe Shanae, and I just, it really is such a unifying experience, and it's not just in the NWSL. There's other leagues that are, like, coming together and doing this moment in the circle. The WSL did it, um, and with Tobin Heath at Arsenal, and there's a bunch of players over there, like, overseas who played in the NWSL once, and so they probably... Like, for Tobin Heath specifically, she played at the Portland Thorns organization. And everyone's coming together because they just want women's sports to be a much safer place. And I think that I think that we're going to get there eventually. Um, since then, now, obviously, there's a lot more information to Mana, Shanae, and Kaya's stories. And I really urge you to check them out if you haven't yet. Their stories are so important to listen to if you haven't. Since Lisa Byard stepped down as NWSL commissioner, um, Marla Messing has been placed as the interim commissioner of the league. Um, She's known for primarily her work in helping to make the, you know, 1999 World Cup happen. She seems to be really great. A lot of players and people have talked super highly about her. Um... And one of the things that stood out to me when they announced her becoming the commissioner was that the NWSL players will be there for the process of hiring a new commissioner. They're going to have a say. And Marla also talked about in a press conference how she has already talked to the NWSL Players Association and was working on talking to the Black Women's Players Coalition. And I think that that's so important because... The NWSL would be nothing without the black players in the league, and they need to be included just as much as, you know, the Becky Sauerbrunn of the league. And so I think that if the new commissioner isn't recognizing them and talking to them, they're not fit for the job. So she's already one step in the right direction, recognizing the coalition, and I hope that she, you know, talks to them very soon and that we see real change and the right people hired. Now we're going to quickly talk about the WNBA championship. I am going to be real honest. I don't know much about basketball and my super special guest who is joining me in just a few minutes is the one who is going to teach me all the things about basketball. But, um, I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown of what happened because it was such a good like championship run for the Chicago Sky who ended up winning the whole thing at home. Um, so Chicago kicked it off with a win, winning 91-77 to against the Mercury. And then game two, the Mercury won 91-86. Um, to So keeping it neck and neck. Chicago ended up winning the next game, 86-50, to which was a really, really poor game for the Mercury. They just didn't look like a championship contender team. And so the way the series works is it's best of five, so you have to win three games. And so they went into the final game, 2-1, Chicago having won two games. And they needed to win this last game if they wanted to win the whole thing or else it would go to game five. And... They were in Chicago. The atmosphere looked absolutely incredible. Um, you have players like Allie Quigley, who 
grew up there and Candace Parker who returned home and so obviously like these players wanted it so bad for their city and they wanted it so bad at home and they ended up after kind of a rough first half like they were down pretty significantly coming into the third quarter um is that basketball terminology I don't know if it's not oops but the third period third quarter I don't know um they were down pretty significantly and something clicked in the sky and they they came back and they won 80 to 74 and you could just tell how much it meant to all of them you could see the joy and the emotion on all their faces and it was really exciting and I'm just I'm not even a Chicago Sky fan because I tried my best to support locals so I do root for the Liberty but in that moment I think everyone was like rooting for the Chicago Sky because they they were like went into the playoffs unseated nobody thought that they were gonna win and they came and won the whole thing and it was it was such a moment and Honestly, I was so happy for these players, and I hope that my guest can talk a little bit more about what her experience is like being at the game, and I hope you guys keep listening to hear all about it. Hey guys, um, so words real quick. Um, I spent the beginning part of this podcast hyping up my super special guest, and so I would like to introduce Ari, um, for those of you don't, who don't know her, she is a journalist, host, and she does social media, and she is awesome in working towards expanding the coverage of women's sports. Um, I am so honored that she's on my podcast today because she is just such an incredible person, and I am ready to get into asking her some super cool questions. So, Let's get into the super cool questions, sister. I hope they're super cool. I spent a lot of time thinking about them. <laughs> You're adorable. <laughs> Um, so I just kind of wanted to start with like, where did your love of sports come from? What made you want to start working in sports, covering sports, all that fun stuff. So yeah, I feel like sports unite people, right? So when I was younger, I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina. So my elementary school actually used to take field trips to the NC State women's basketball games where Coach K. Yao was the coach at the time. She actually passed a breast cancer. I know it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but she actually passed the breast cancer, but she left such a legacy. And just meeting those teams when I was like seven, eight, nine years old, it resonated with me knowing that like women's sports are so like shape-shifting, right? So when yeah. I got to high school, I was a cheerleader and a volleyball player, but I was also the girls basketball manager. And so a lot of my friends played on the team and they ended up be, like being elite you know, D1, high D1, um, power five professional players too. And so I was able to follow their, their journey. And then, you know, being a cheerleader, I was a professional cheerleader. And I noticed that they didn't get coverage because I would cheer the NBA seasons and then it would go into the WNBA seasons. Notice they didn't get coverage. And I was like, why not? Right. Like, yeah. why, why don't these women get coverage? This is like the top 144 athletes. And because I'm in New York, it's the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Why is nobody talking about them? So I decided to do it myself. And that was where my love of the game coverage came from or athlete, women athlete coverage. That's super cool. Yeah, I think that like, so I grew up in New Jersey. Um, and so like being so close to the city and we have like such good teams like mm-hmm. nearby that like, I was never super into sports when I was younger, but I like the last few years, I have really gotten more into them. And like, honestly, you've been a big part of that and like me getting to the WNBA, like following you on Twitter and stuff. 
So um, I think that that's super cool. And I think that it's like, but like you said, sports really do like unite people. And I think it's so important to like focus on. Yeah, like look at us now. We're united now through sports <laughs> and through our love for the game. And like, you didn't, you didn't like sports at first or you didn't, you weren't consumed in sports, but now look how like spreading passion really brings people together. I think that's really dope. Yeah. So, um, so I know you mentioned that you were um, a cheerleader, professional cheerleader. So how did it go from you doing that to kind of like working and covering the WNBA? Like where did that shift come from? Yeah. So a lot of my friends were actually WNBA players. A lot of them um, I saw and was really excited to see every time they came into the city. And so in outside of our t-shirt tosses and our performances, I would stay in the bomb, which is the tunnel. And I would watch the game and I would look where the media section was. And I saw like three, maybe four people max. Right. And so I would talk to them after the games and they would have so many stories. I'm like, Oh, this would be great if the public could know about these stories. Yeah. So I actually walked up to Howard Megdal and in, in like the halftime of a game. And I was like, I want a job. And I, I was a journalist, like I, I majored in communication media and English. And so I have the background for it. I can write. Um, I had done only fashion journalism prior to that, but I was like, well, here are my samples, but I love the WNBA and he took a chance on me and he really showed me the ropes. And then, you know, fast forward, I walked up to LaChina Robinson at a draft many years ago. And I was like, you're my goals personified. I want to be you. She's like, I already know who you are. And um, she had me shadow her that summer. And we worked with color commentary and things like that to see what I really liked. And so that that was how I started. I just walked up to people and was like, here's my passion. What can we do with it? That's and so the rest cool. is history. I have to start getting better at doing that because I get so nervous to do things like what if they say no but my friends are like the worst thing somebody the worst thing they can say is no or ignore you but like obviously you're doing something right we're here now so (laughs) you're doing something right thank you (laughs) um with covering the WNBA are there like any moments that like are like top 10 of your like career like what's like something that stood out to you the most like working for yeah I mean there's there's so many right there's Erica Wheeler's WNBA All-Star appearance when she won MVP in 2019, I thought that was really, 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 really amazing to see an underdog come, you know, undrafted to WNBA All-Star MVP. Um, Candace's first championship sticks with me because I know that was the year that she got kind of slighted by USA Basketball and Pat Summit had just passed. And so just to have that, that moment for her to receive that was really great. But to see the development of players over time too, just to see them grow. I remember a 2018 draft. Um, that was really special to me because we were all in the bathroom praying together before it. And so it just was, it, it was really special. And and I asked Diamond about her athletic family and she was like, I have the bragging rights because I'm top three and nobody else in my family has gone top three because, you know, her dad and her brother uh, are professional athletes too. And so now she has more bragging rights when she won the championship this year. So just knowing that all that happened is, is really cool. Um, but there, there's so many moments where I'm like, wow, this league is so dope. And I'm so blessed and lucky to be covering this. And, you know, this is exactly where I want to be. I can't wait till I can have like that, like, this is everything I've worked towards moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then honestly, like my advice to you, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to the advice later, but <laughs> just like start it off and do it. Like you're, you're, you're in school now, like 
start off and working with the athletic department if you can and and get you know your press reps in while you're at university and yeah. and so when you go into the professional world you'll be able to have something to show for and so you'll be able to get credentialed for these things yeah i'm work right now i work for the women's soccer team on campus i'm like their assistant manager for like operations and then i'm also working for like our sports website doing like writing there so you're I'm right where you need to be. I'm, I'm like, I'm hoping that this helps. <laughs> you, you know, you're right where you need to be. And you have the proactiveness that you need to get ahead. So go girl. <laughs> um, I wanted to talk about highlight her next, because I think that that is so awesome. I love it. Um, and so for anybody who doesn't know what highlight her is, what, how would you explain it to them? I think of it as a community. It's not just an Instagram page. It's not just a social media platform. It's a community that celebrates and uplifts women and girls, no matter what age level ability or sport. So you can be a pro athlete, but you can also be a high school athlete. You can be a non-athlete that's doing dope things in her driveway. You can be, you know, your, your friend who just so happened to have a wedding where you cut, caught the bouquet in a really <laughs> great way, or, you know, it, it's just to uplift and amplify our voices and our stories and, and our, in our actions. And that's, that's all that I want highlighted to be. I want it to feel like you're watching your sisters. I want you to you feel like no matter what uh, level of athleticism that you can also be spotlighted to. And so that's what the page is all about. I think that it's absolutely like, I like, I tell so many people about it because I think that oh, it's so yeah. awesome. And I like that it is for like everybody because I don't play a sport. I just like them. And mm -hmm. so it's cool that it's not just targeted towards like, oh, these are the professional athletes. And it really does like going back to like one of the original points, like unite everybody who loves sports because it just gives, it's like that place where you could just go see anything. Yeah. I mean, so like if you want to do something with your friends and submit it to me, you know, <laughs> Michaela and friends can be up there <laughs> tagged and everything. <laughs> I will let, I will get back to you on that. Maybe, maybe I'll record our, my, my college's basketball team when I go to the basketball game. Oh, or you could just like hop in there and be like, man, it's yeah. gone wild, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where did the idea for highlight her like come from? Like, how did it start and has it like surpassed the expectations you originally had for it? Yeah. So when I was telling you, like, don't wait for your yes. Like I was recording interviews with, with my friends who played in the league on my phone and posting them on Twitter and YouTube and Bleacher Report found me and said, do you want to start our women's platform? And so I started highlighter from the ground up and that's how it began. It's just, it's just playing off of my passion and love for women's sports and culture. And so we were just building it, building it, building it um, in the most organic way. Me being a women's sports fan, like what would I wanna see on the page? What would my friends wanna see on the page? What would the people who I know are fans of the game wanna see on the page? And it grew to be what it was. I don't think there's a limit um, to the growth of women's sports. So I'm not gonna say it, exceeded my expectations because we're still growing and we're not going to yeah. stop and that's exactly what the whole point of it is to show that the demand for women's sport and culture is there and it's obviously there the numbers keep growing it's very evident and so that's what we want to keep doing so yeah push, push through <laughs> i definitely yeah i definitely think that um just women's sports like need more coverage in general and so having more platforms like dedicated to just women's sports is awesome so like highlight her and then there's just women's sports and like I'm hoping that I can 
one day be one of those things that people can go to for like soccer news or something. Um, And so I think that it's a really awesome platform and I will keep telling people about it because. Yay. That's the whole point to spread that love, spread that passion. And you, you too can have a platform. It's, It's really important to note that we're not competing with each other. We're, we're growing together. We're growing the game and that's the entire point of it all. Um, so you were named to Forbes 30 under 30 list, which congrats. That's so cool. Thank you. Um, and so I just wanted to know, like, what did it mean to receive that? Like, how did you, like, did they send you like an email? Like, how do you find <laughs> that you got that? Like, <laughs> well, the way it happened is you find out if you've been nominated around October, early November, and you have to fill out a survey, just telling them about yourself. Like this is after somebody's nominated you or you've nominated yourself. And then I found out when everybody else did, I woke up to like hundreds of text messages because I'm not, uh, I'm not an early morning riser. I just hate <laughs> the morning. I'm like, oh, I can just stay in bed till like 11. Yeah, I um, <laughs> but the list was released at 8 a.m. And who was awake for that? Um, and so I found out when everybody else found out, but it was really validating with my parents. Cause you know, when you work in social, it's really hard to explain to your parents if they're from a generation that's like not from social. Yeah. And so it made my parents happy. So that made me happy. And I'm like, oh, this is working. But it's also, a, it's a statement to the growth of women's sports because I can't say five years ago, if I'm doing exactly what I'm doing now, that it would have been as weighted in the business community as it is now. So we see the investment in women growing we see the uh bigger companies investing in women's sports we see the the visibility of women's sports um it's it's at an all-time high and so forbes recognized that and their whole thing for the under 30 list is to be um to capture all the innovators and the people who make the culture and in shape shift things and because they see women's sports as innovative they they put me on the list and i think that's really dope because that shows that now we've broken a barrier right we've broken into like we're not trying to convince people that it's necessary because we know it's necessary now now it's just we got to get more people in inside um the space to help it continue to grow yeah i think when i saw that i was like so excited for you i thought that that it was so cool and i think that like one of the biggest things is that like when people are like nobody wants to watch women's sports or you know it's not that nobody wants to watch it it's just that it's not super accessible to everybody to watch it exactly to watch the WNBA, you need to like, you you can catch maybe a few games on ESPN, but for the most part, you need to like pay for it or to watch the NWSL, you need to pay for Paramount Plus. Mm-hmm. And when you're trying to get people into things, like they don't want to take that big leap and do exactly. it. It's like we need to find ways to make it easier for people to watch sports, like women's sports, because there are people who want to watch it and there are people who want to buy the merch and nobody is prepared for that. <laughs> exactly. And then it's like, I in the past, League Pass is really difficult to navigate. They've done better with the app this year. Obviously, they've done better with the networks, exactly what you were saying. Like, people can now just flip to it, or you can tell a bar, like, if you're out with your friends, like, hey, can you turn on the game? And that's another way for people to fall in love because I know that, you know, I work for Turner Sports. So, NBA TV, I had a weekly show, WNBA Weekly, and I was able to be like, hey, can you put on WNBA Weekly at this bar? And then everybody was like, oh, what's this? And they see the highlights from the week, they see the commentary from everything and so just putting it in front of people's faces is the first you know obstacle that we had to get yeah 
I know some of my friends are probably so like fed up with me all the time being like, oh my God, look at this thing that happened in soccer. But I, I, I can't help it. I just want like everybody to watch it. And like, you don't have to like it. Just like turn it on if it's just on. Just turn it on. Like, <laughs> even if you don't really want it on, just turn it on, support the women, invest in them and like just invest the, the channel being there. That's the mineral investment. Good things happen, not just bad things. Exactly. That's one thing that drives me crazy when like the little ticker on the bottom of ESPN during college football is like, this bad thing happened in a women's sport. And it's like, but what about the fact that the championship is happening? Exactly. 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 I mean, and I think honestly, like both are necessary, but you have to cover the good with the bad. Like you have to cover the good with the bad or the good with the, with the spicy. Right? <laughs> it's like sweet and spicy, yeah. but you can't just have spicy and bad all the time because that just doesn't live a good taste in anybody's mouth. But yeah. So you were at the WNBA championship. What was it like? I was, I was, I watched it and I was, I was in the car going to Staples, I think, because my aunt had to run an errand and I was like, hold on, I can't go in yet. The game's not over. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was watching it. It was a very good game. What was it like being there? What was the atmosphere? Oh my God. So it was insane. First of all, the whole series was crazy. Like we talk about the Chicago's this Chicago crowd, but the Phoenix crowd was lit too. Like when we were in X Factor, their their arena, the Footprint Center, it was so loud, so rocking, and everybody was just so supportive. But there was something so special about the Chicago Sky team. And so when we returned to Chicago, you had Chance the Rapper, who was like super excited about it. You had Sarah Spain there. You had uh, all of WNBA Twitter there. You had so many members of what I like to call our family, our WNBA family, they were there supporting and new fans too that you would never seen before. The tickets were reselling for like 3000 bucks. Like that's what you want. That's yeah. what you want to see from the WNBA. And so it's packed like floor to ceiling. And you just knew that there was something special about that team, but it was very close. It looked like Phoenix was going to pull away with it. And I want to say the last two minutes of the game is when you were like, oh my gosh, Chicago's about to secure this. It was Stephanie Dolson. It was like, Chicago's about to secure this. This is insane. And then when you have Candace Parker, who is her first year returning back to her hometown, yeah, and then you have, you know, Allie Quigley. Crying on, like, on the court. I was like, oh my, it was so emotional. It I was, was. I was like, they're not necessarily my team, but I was rooting for them. Right. We're right there with them. We're right there with them. But like when you have like Allie Quigley, who's like the hometown hero too, she's from Chicago too, and yeah. just there's so many storylines, the rise of Kalia Copper, like all of them together did it. And this is a team that only had one Olympian and she was on three on three. Like this was, we just didn't know. They had a 500 record, 16 and 16 going into the playoffs. They were the sixth seed and they, I mean, they were a great team. crazy I think yeah it looked like like such a good like atmosphere like just like the fans and then okay oh, I, I ran on the court I ran on the court no <laughs> I was just like I'm going I'm going cried I hugged Candace because like you know that's like my homie and talked to like Lexi I've known her since she played at Maryland you know before she played at Duke so yeah just to see her do that and you know ACC is my beat and so knowing Dana what she went through Dana Evans with you know, going to Dallas first and then all the, the collegiate uh, turmoil of like not being able to secure that championship. She She's finally a champion and Diamond of Shields um, mentally and physically going through ups and downs. That was really, it's just special to see that they yeah. were able to bring it all together. 
I also think that it's like so important for like other like for like other women's sports teams to like support each other. So seeing mm-hmm. like, the Red Stars like retweeting things and like mm-hmm. going to the game, I thought that that was so cool because I'm like, that's what we need to see. Like you can't exactly. support women's sports and then not go support your other like your local team. Exactly. So I think it was so cool to see like them there for like I don't know if they were at the the final, but I know that they were at like one of the games. Yeah, I mean in Chicago, Red Stars have very much supported the sky for so long. I remember doing a cross collaboration thing with them, wishing each other good luck last year. And it's just, it was dope. It was just so dope to just see them support one another. And and I know it would be the other way around too. Like the NWSL and WNBA and now like AU, we see that crossover to AU with the W and it's just everybody's intertwined and it's beautiful. That's really exciting. The AU basketball, just everything that's going on with that. That's really exciting. So that like, players don't have to like, their only option isn't to go overseas and play. Exactly. Because I can't imagine how like taxing that must be on your body to just play like literally all the time. Yeah. And then your mind too. It's like you're overseas, you're okay. isolated. It's just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I obviously I am more in the knowledge with um, soccer than basketball. That's, that's kind of my thing. Um, and I'm a Gotham fan through and through. Those are my besties. <laughs> and I know that you were at one of the games. Um, I think it was, I don't remember which game it was. I know that it was, it was a Juneteenth game. So I think it was yeah. June. So it was, we were play, yeah. playing Megan's team. So yeah. Spain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, was my, that was the one game that I got both my parents to go to. I was like, come yeah. on, we're going to go. Um, and they had a good time. And my mm-hmm. dad, the other one since then because now that I'm at school my sister's like I still want to go and he's like I'll oh. go oh I love that but what was your experience attending the Gotham game like in like obviously like soccer and basketball are like two different like sports different speeds mm-hmm. different environments so what was the Gotham game like and then how was doing like the the interviews during that because that was really cool I was I was so excited when I saw you come on the screen there <laughs> So I always want to learn. I never want to play it off like I know everything because I don't. And I was never much of a soccer girl growing up, but just the family atmosphere of soccer in general, like you guys were so accepting with me on Twitter of my questions and things and accepting my blue cat that just like was flying through the sky because I, I I didn't know what else to do. I'm like, here's this blue cat. That's what I typed in when I typed in sky blue. Um, but just... It, the players were so accessible, just as accessible as WNBA players, if not more. Um, everybody was just chilling. Like, I love the vibes of a soccer game. It's a lot uh, slower of a pace for me just because the scoring is the big yeah. adjustment for me. But I think that's really cool because it makes you focus on the players and see, like, what their strengths are and what their weaknesses are. And if you don't understand the game, they give you so much time to to consume it and then y'all are so willing to explain it and so when I got to talk to Mitch after the game she was telling me about like what Juneteenth meant to her yeah yeah like she's great what Juneteenth meant to her and like how what this game meant to her and then when I was sitting in the game I was sitting next to some of the players that didn't suit up and so just talking to them about not only soccer but about fashion so it's on the field and off the field things and just to know that you can like after the game go up to people and just hug them like yeah. we were in a pandemic right and and just to you know obviously we're all safe but just to be able to like have human contact and see the enthusiasm around um an outdoor sport is is really cool 
and I will go to a thousand more. And it's, you know, I'm from North Carolina, so I grew up watching me and him, but uh, I went back to the Courage Games um, last year, maybe two seasons ago, and it was like storming. And they were like, no, it's fine. We're gonna just drain the field. I was like, guys, it's a hurricane. We gotta, we gotta chill. Um, so that to me is like a big adjustment in the soccer world. Y'all do not care what the weather is. Like it could be literally a, a whole freaking hurricane. And y'all are like, no, we'll drain the field. I'm like, what do you mean you'll drain the field? It's like six inches of water. Yeah. Anyway, but, that, but this one, this time it didn't rain when I was at Gotham. But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with the game. Like the weather was nice. The game mm-hmm. was fun. It was, I'm going to the game on Halloween, so I'll see you there. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm so bummed that I, I can't go because huh? Ohio. Oh, yeah. That the, closest, the closest team is Louisville, and I want to go to the championship, but it's the day that I fly home for Thanksgiving, and so oh. it just it's not working in my favor. But my dad no, told me, he goes, listen, in a few years, you'll be working them, so don't worry about it. Exactly. Like, you'll be just fine. You'll be in the midst of the so you'll be, you'll be fine. Um, I think that Gotham games, like they're, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I love them, but I think that they're so much fun. Yeah. Um, and like, we were at like the, the pride night and it actually was like pouring rain. It was like pouring. And then there was like thunder. Of course it was. Because they, they, got, they got postponed like three hours, but then they still came out and played a full game. And I was like, what the heck? Yeah. That's, that's what I've learned about your sport, girl. I'm like, y'all will play through it. I think that one of the coolest things is, especially now that like, Obviously, COVID still a thing, but now that like the rules have kind of like loosened up, that like they can come around and sign things because the players are all just so genuinely nice. And like I got Paige Monahan's jersey, and mm-hmm. I was at the game because I flew home to like well, no, I drove home and surprised like my family for a weekend, mm-hmm. and so I went to a Gotham game, of course, while I was home, mm-hmm. and it was so cool to like it was her first game back after injury, and so she played and then like I got her jersey and she signed it after and she was like so they were just so excited to like see that people have their jersey or like are there like every time players come around and like take pictures or sign things they're like thank you so much for coming and I just think that that's like so nice because obviously like I want to be there so bad I want to be at and so I think that just like talking to them is such a cool experience just because they're all just like so excited to just be playing soccer and have people watching again mm-hmm. I love it so much it's just that joy and that passion and that love that women's sports has that they nothing can compare yeah it's just it's so awesome yeah I'm gonna I'm trying to convince some of my friends that we should um like go up to Chicago for a weekend in the spring so that I can catch a Red Stars game and then also go to a Chicago Sky game because I'm like we can make Double a double header woo Double header. So I'm trying to convince my friends that we should we should make it as like a thing. And you should so totally do it. Totally we'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the last question, but I had some rapid fire questions. Okay. Let's get it. Okay. So what is like your go-to like game day snack? Like if you're working a game, what is what's your snack? Popcorn. I live for arena slash field popcorn. It's not a game. My, like when I was a cheerleader, my teammates used to like grab the boxes from concessions after the game. For me, I am a popcorn fanatic. I love popcorn. But popcorn. I always have to have a soy latte too. Like always soy latte and popcorn. Okay. That's good. Um, what's your favorite social media platform? Twitter. That's good. That's mine too. Yes. I think guess. <laughs> um, what is your favorite WNBA game that you've covered? Oh, that's a hard one. Oh, oh, this isn't so rapid, is it? It's okay. 
No, let me think. Let me actually like think on this one. Because the <laughs> easy one right now is the, is the game four with Chicago because that was just so recent and so exciting. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'm going to say, even though it didn't turn out the way I wanted to, because at this time I was still a cheerleader, um, it was the first year of single game eliminations and New York had won 10 games in a row to be the first in the East. And they had to play um, the Washington Mystics and Christy Tolliver got 31 points on MSG's floor and knocked New York out of the standings. And they had to go home into their season, but it was the most um, intense performance from KT that I've ever seen. And so I'll, I'll go with that one, even though it ended my season too. And so I didn't get paid for the rest of the finals, but um, it was probably the most intense game that I've seen. Um, who do you think is the best dressed WNBA and NWSL team? Okay. Team? Yeah. Okay. NWSL, I'm going to say Gotham just because they give us so many options to like look yeah. at. Shout out to their slow-mo videos. And um, Houston has a team, right? Houston, I feel like is the second. The second Houston Dash, yeah. Yeah, the Dash That's is really like the second Dash. best dress because they have their videos too. Yeah. Um, and then who team? For, okay, I have individuals for the W. Diamond to Shields is going to hold it down. Individuals, it's okay. Diamond to Shields from the Chicago Sky is my my favorite dressed player. So I'll just I'll just say her. And then I'm proud of Amanda Zowie because I think she has really classic fashion, and I think that people overlook that because it's not loud, but I like it. I love. I think that like the Gotham like video like fashion show like when they do like their little runway walks in every time. I love it. I like wait for Mandy's outfit every week. Every single week. I live. I live. I need her to like do her own fashion show like in the off season. One hundred percent. I need the 100%. outfit. <laughs> okay, who is like one of your in- inspirations? Just like anyone. I'm gonna say Candace Parker. Um, I think she is such a great human in general great player and doesn't care about all the extra noise like there half the world thinks that she is overrated and half the world it thinks she's the best thing on the planet but either way she just does her and she knows her like values and she really just she's a champion in on and off the court and you can't do anything but respect it that's awesome and then um this one is not so rapid fire because i feel like there might be a little bit of a longer answer but what is your advice to young women who want to work in sports i know you kind of mentioned it earlier but Mm -hmm. um do it your way um a lot of times we have to fit the mold or we think we have to fit the mold in order to be included in these spaces but let like you know let me be an example let one of your other faves be an example like we didn't conform to anything we had to be disruptors in the space and a lot of times people are going to try to intimidate you uh, when you enter it because they already don't think you should be there but if you go in and be like completely audacious and authentically yourself they can't stop you especially if you have a vision for yourself like six years ago people didn't understand the WNBA at some point they didn't understand it at all but laser focus on hey I'm going to grow this game. This is what I want to do for these women who deserve it. Um, and it led to something great, but there were a lot of ups and downs with it. There are more downs than ups. Like I'm just now seeing the fruits of the labor, but that was because I stayed very, very, very laser focused. I didn't switch up how I was delivering my message. I, I presented myself as me, like, like I'm right now, they can't see I'm in a bun and glasses and absolutely no makeup. And this light is shining directly on my forehead and I look crazy, but this is how I would deliver this message, my passion to you. And I, I want to make sure that I do it from a very raw, real way. 
that doesn't like have to fit into a, a box. So just all the women out there, do it your way, figure out how to remain consistent in that and don't let anybody shake you of your vision. So, yeah. Thank you so much. Um, again, I really appreciate you coming on here and talking with me about just all of this. It honestly, like it means the world to me that you came on here because you are one of my inspirations. I probably said that already, but it's true. Um, I think that the way that you just are so passionate about women's sports has really like made me want to become more passionate about it and to start my podcast and do all of this kind of stuff. And so I appreciate that you're on here and one of my guests. And um, if you guys aren't yet, make sure that you're following Highlight Her on Instagram and following Ari on Instagram and Twitter and all the things. And do you have- well, Nikki, you better take me to a game, a soccer game and explain everything that's happening. I will. And I will take you to a WNBA game. Mark my words, we'll go out to Barclays and we'll go out to- um Harrison New Jersey because I'm home next we live close (laughs) when I'm home next summer we'll go to a Gotham game yeah let's get it their season ticket (laughs) yes (laughs) I'll I'll leave her home for a game leave her home for just one game until her Ari needs to be a guest she'll understand (laughs) thank you so much for having me boo thank you so much for coming Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Mickey Mike's Up. I really appreciate you guys coming back and listening, even though I was away for a while. Um, The support on this podcast means the world to me. And just having people tell me that they like what I'm doing and they like what I'm sharing on here is super inspiring for me to continue to do this. Um, I hope that you enjoyed my special guest, Ari. Having Ari on here was really amazing, and it was so awesome to talk to her about just her career and what she's done and what she hopes to continue to do and honestly it gave me more motivation to keep doing this um with that being said thanks for listening again make sure to follow on instagram at mickey mics up follow me on twitter mickey underscore alfano and i will see you again in two weeks for another episode (laughs) 